previously on Tob Radio. What am I, a criminal? I'm not eating in the car. I mean, we, we have that problem every week when we record this podcast. Yes, I cannot manipulate the machines. <laughs> very well. <laughs> and I exactly matched Scoot and did not lose. I was uh, This week on Tob Radio. Chris Archer should have pitched to Josh Bell because he's comfortable giving up home runs. Ah, you go down, you go down the Highway 129 and is down there a piece. Uh, don't give Scoot any ice cream because he might get an anastuckus. <laughs> so sit back, crack open a cold one, and get ready for a little bit of this, a little bit of the old boys. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to another week of the Old Boys Top Radio. I'm Guido, along with Scoot. Yeah, yeah. And Johnson. What's up, July 9th? July. It is July now. We're uh, we're home run derby-ish. We're uh, Major League Baseball halfway point and uh, all-star game. And uh, you know what? It was funny. I went back, guys, and I was listening to our predictions, which will will towards us uh, maybe in September. We'll we'll talk about some more. But I was listening to our predictions that we made a few uh, few weeks back. Some of us are off pretty bad, pretty badly with yeah. our with our predictions. Yeah. So considering I think that fa- was pretty close. Let's, let's so just talk about. The, let's just me. we'll just make one comment. Let's just talk about the fact that I picked the Mets to win the NL East. How's that? <laughs> how's that looking for me? <laughs> well, that would be fun though. We should we should go back and revisit. This. Maybe that would, that maybe you fun. can uh, effort an on audio clip. Yeah. I'll, maybe maybe when we get to September, we get to close to playoffs. I'll uh, we'll talk we'll talk about our, yeah. our our picks and see how how close see how, how close we were. Up. But the home run derby was the other night. It was a it was a good watch. I I have to tell you, I feel like it's more exciting now to watch the because of the way they do the home run derby now. It's more exciting now to watch the home run derby than it is to watch the actual all star game. I think because it's competitive in the home run derby, it's not just guys standing up and having the whole three outs and maybe only hitting sixteen home runs. Instead, it's this whole com- competition thing. I feel like it's way more interesting to watch. Well, it was. I thought it was really fun, and I can't remember the last time I watched the home run derby. To be honest, I mean, I've mm-hmm. maybe had it on in the background, maybe in years past. I think I watched a little bit of last year's, but last night was really fun. I really enjoyed watching it. It was. It was cool. Yeah, I. I yeah, I'm gonna say I feel like the format is good and bad. Why do you say that? Okay, so I think... Well, I, I know where you're going to go. I can like I, the head-to-head. I, sure, go ahead. Yeah, okay, well, I, because everyone today, I think the theme is, well, Vlad Guerrero really won the, the home run derby. He hit X amount of home runs, and but didn't you, you know get to be declared the winner. And that's a bit annoying to me, but... Right, and I, I think like... I, I think of guys like... Um, I don't I don't know that... Alonzo can beat Acuna Jr. I don't know that Alonzo would have beat Peterson. I don't know that Alonzo would have beaten. Uh, I mean, he did beat Vlad Guerrero, but after Vlad Guerrero had already hit like eighty-four home runs. Yeah, yeah now right. that I'll give you because he had to be exhausted. But but think but about they it, have this, to do it some way, Scoot. Like, yeah, but I, I just I don't know. And, and the the bad thing about it now is it. In every round, the advantage goes to the second batter in every round. Because right. if you, you know, if you know you only need to hit, you know, 15 home runs to 
beat the guy that went before you. So they, that's where Vlad kind of got, you know, well, and Alonzo, screwed a little did he bit. Ever go first? No, Alonzo. Vlad went first every time, and Alonzo went second every time. So, well, it, and I think it, too, like there were we talked about it some last night when we were texting back and forth. But whoever had the pitcher that was like on a cadence, consistent. Man, right. to me, it was all it was all about that because if you got someone on a rhythm, like well, then I would well, say Jock, the MVP. Jock Peterson started killing it once he got in a rhythm. Yeah. Maybe the MVP is the guy that was pitching to Guerrero. Yeah, yeah. I, mm. I it, 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 and I, I'll, I'll also say that I don't think I would pick my cousin to pitch to me. Uh, just I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, granted, it worked out well for him. He won the home run derby, but I don't you know, know your cousin, but he's probably pretty ticked <laughs> off at that last statement. Yeah, right. He's like, gonna I don't think I umbrage with that. I, but I think if I was a major league baseball player, I'd pick like a batting coach who tosses BP every day, not my cousin who's like well, an accountant, you know. And I know a lot of guys will take their dad. An <laughs> and that's cool to have your dad do it, but if your dad hasn't done it in a while for mm-hmm. you, that's a problem. Matt Chapman's dad was throwing a they were talking about it this morning about how good his cutter was. Like, <laughs> I mean, Matt, Matt Chapman's dad was like throwing him curveballs. Yeah, then he would like bring one inside in. Bring him high and tight he's on like, him. He's brushing him off the plate. Right, right. And well, but with that said, last year Bryce Harper's dad threw to him. Bryce Harper won. So you know, well, I, I, think that, I think this whole, like, I think yeah. this whole phenomenon of having like your father or your cousin or your relative throw to you. I think that's that's relatively new. It used to always be. You know, batting coaches. I can tell you wholehandedly that uh, if my daughters were to ever get into some sort of home run derby contest, I am the yeah. last possible person they want pitching because I am yeah. a head case. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're all over like place. I. I start thinking about how I'm holding the ball, how am I releasing this ball? Like I start thinking about my finger <laughs> placement. But so I'm I trying to like think... you want them to hit, so you're trying to like perfectly place the ball. So but I also throwing. think that's why it's not fair to really judge these guys like that because Josh Bell's pitcher was horrible. Right. Um, Chapman's pitcher was bad. I mean, I, I almost feel like I think, you, you would I have think to get Alon- some consistency in that pitcher. I think Alonzo's pitcher, the, his cousin, wasn't that great. He was, he just benefited so from the So let me ask you this. That, yeah, Should we go I to just a machine? That. Ooh, maybe. Uh, maybe, maybe but, but what's like, wrong with – That would even with, things up, right? What's, what's wrong with – well – I guess fatigue would play a factor. You couldn't have the same guy pitching to everybody, I, but I I would rather have. Wouldn't you rather have like an actual major league? Base? They should have to like hit actual pitchers. That would there uh, you go. Somebody suggested on Twitter that Chris Archer should have pitched to Josh Bell because he's comfortable giving up home runs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It, and and then like on on top of that, the other so you had you had the home run derby, and the same day the home run derby had that like whatever media day they kind of do now. And Justin Verlander comes out on this media day to the whole press, like recorded audio, everything, and and complains about how he believes that the balls are 100% juiced and that, uh, and this is, you know, the home run derby day. So we're talking about people hitting baseballs 450, you know, 500 feet constantly. And he comes out and he talks about how the, how the balls are juiced this season and that Major League Baseball needs to admit that the somebody needs to just admit well, that so they've changed. My, I got two thoughts on this. Okay, one, he's going to say that because he's a pitcher. Right. Right. Two, he's going to say that because if – the ball is not the reason why guys are hitting more home runs, and it's some other way of masking a, 
a PED that there, and there's some people that believe maybe there's a, a way to, you know, get through some of these tests that the, the ball players have to go through. So he's not going to try to out his buddies that he may know. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. But here's the, here's the two things. One is I don't think it's a PED and that's, and I, I say that only because of the fact that these guys, it's not like we're in the days of Mark McGuire and, you know, and... Well, they're not all jacked Bonds. Huge, They're not like, jacked. It's not steroids. So, like, what is... It's not, you know, what is it? I, I don't know. I mean, I it could be Adderall. It could be, I don't know, something. Well, um, the other the other thing, though, I didn't get about this story. So, I, I was listening something to something, and they had... Um, shoot, what's his name? Manfred. Yeah. Rob. Rob. Uh, Rob Manfred on. And buddy, Rob. He... So, he's, what, commission, baseball commissioner this right, year. Right. So... They were asking him, and of course, he's not going to say, yeah, the balls are juiced or whatever, but he, his explanation, and I wish I had the quote, but it was something essentially to the effect of, he said, well, the balls are just made more efficient, and so they have a little more pop to them. And I thought they're more efficiently made out of like rubber or something. Like what, what does that even mean? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get that. They need to come out and say. They need to come out if it's true. They need to come out and admit that something has changed in the, the way that the ball, process. yeah, and yeah. the ball, Maybe the way the ball's a, manufactured that makes it travel. That does it's, it or something. The stitching yeah, right. is tighter. The, and then, yeah. and the, then the, guy, thing, the guy, the guy Vinny who winds, who does, yeah, you know, like, puts the little rubber thing in the middle of the ball. You know, he puts like it in what, a little tighter this year. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> what exactly is more? What does that even mean? So anyway, there was that. And then the other thing that caught my attention too is someone had a good counter argument that. Um, strikeouts are also up at a record pace this season and last season. And and I right. think that's interesting, something interesting that people maybe aren't talking about. And I think the only thing that I could kind of rationalize on that is that maybe guys have the green light more and it's kind of, you know, they're, they're going for home runs more. They're right. not well, worried about if, striking out and what the repercussions might be about average or losing a spot in the order or something. It made me think of like, you know, when, uh, I don't know, like in the NBA, the game has gone more toward the three. So yeah, people are going to make more threes because they're shooting more threes. So I don't know if that's a good analogy, but for baseball, if I'm trying to hit more home runs, you know, guys are going to be, they're going to be swinging for the fences and not, not worrying about striking out apparently. So, well, and I think here's the, the, the dirty, the dirty side of it is the fact that if major league baseball has intentionally, done something to the manufacturing of the ball to make there be more home runs to accentuate those players like Vlad Guerrero and Pete Alonso who can hit the ball a thousand yards or a thousand feet, you know, is, is it a way that baseball feels like they've lost grip of their audience? And so this is trying to make it more exciting with home run, more home runs this year. Is it baseball changing the game oh, for that reason? Yeah, that's a good point. Cause you know, that draws in the more casual fan. I mean, they're the person that watches the home run derby might not watch the all-star game at all or, or any other regular season game for that matter, but they'll t- tune in to see a guy hit, you know, they'll turn in to see Vlad hit 75, 80 home run. Like, let me I, ask I, you guys this question. Go ahead. If if you guys let's say you're we're all baseball players, okay, mm-hmm. and we all happen to hit home runs, I would probably hit a lot more than you guys. But here we here let's we go. say here we go. We are all home run hitters. BBB five challenge just if, was put on. Yes, the wiffle table. ball. Be yeah. there. If you are asked to be in the home run derby, do you accept it? Um. 
you know, I think it's where I am in my career. I mean, you look at Pete Alonso last night in the home run derby. He won twice his salary in one evening. Just and he's and a, he gets paid. I, he gets paid five hundred thousand dollars a year. He won a million dollars a year. I totally night. agree. And at like eight fifteen, I was texting you saying, "Who's Pete Alonso?" Now right. everyone knows who Pete Alonso is. So that's oh yeah. I mean, he's pretty awesome for him he's too. Definitely now. Um, I, I, and I think so you, for, say you yes. know, yeah, I mean, I think if I was that kind of if I was Pete Alonso, if I was Vlad Guerrero, Acuna Jr., like all those guys, I, I, I see them and why they're doing it. I see why Mike Trout doesn't do it. I understand why Yelich backed out of it. Like, okay, I guess so Yelich Yelich said yes. Right. In the beginning. Yes. And then he backed out. Yeah. And now he's playing in the all star game. But if you're if you're Christian Yelich, you're like, well, I already got my contract. You know, I don't I, I, I maybe his back was tweaked a little bit. Maybe there's something he's trying to be cautious about. I don't know. You know, um, I think that you you go, you know, what's what's in it for me? I think a guy like I mean, the Pirates fan of me says he was scared of Josh Bell. No, all of those guys last night, not all of those guys, you know, Santana had to do it because he was the hometown guy. Um Bregman, I don't think wanted to do it, and I think he regretted it. Considering his interview after when he was like, "I think I'm going to retire from the home run derby." Bregman, I'm not, you know. But all those other guys are either rookies or first three year players who wanted to, you know, they want to get their right, name out there. They money. want to help raise their stock in in the, you know, when you know whatever arbitration or off season comes along. If that's if that's the case, I think I would definitely do it though because there's just, I mean, it's a fun event. There's a lot of. Um, notoriety that comes from it as long as you do you know as long as you're competitive now i'm sure like bregman did have a pretty poor showing i guess but um otherwise i, think, well, Santana, I, I don't, I don't see how worst? you could just I say no Santana to it the worst oh I yeah but bregman i mean I, they, they always have to they always have to pick a guy a hometown guy you know so i think that's why santana had to do it because i mean they need it they needed an indian to do it should it have been lindor i don't know maybe now, next but, year it's in los angeles i believe yeah it's dodgers yeah well, I'm overall though. I thought it was really fun. I thought the round with Peterson and Guerrero when they went into the swing off the whole thing. I thought that was awesome, and I, I mean, I was in it pitch to pitch. It was super fun. It was it was a good watch. I thought the wife the wife the wife was reading a book on the on the uh, sofa while we were watching the home run derby, and she kind of got into that round that whole Jock Peterson. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. round and then it ended and she was like so did he win and I was like well he won this round and she's like that wasn't the end that was that should have been the end <laughs> it was so good it should have been the end I'm like oh yeah I guess it kind of should have been the end but I I thought it was I you know I I do think the balls are juiced this year um I think that it's definitely you know baseball is trying I I feel that Major League Baseball is trying to you know bring some more excitement to the game and they're doing that by having you know guys like Pete Alonso who hit 30 home runs in the first half and half of them more than half of them were 400 some odd feet you know same thing with Josh Bell in Pittsburgh he's what 28 29 home runs in the first half and most of his were you know in the Allegheny so I I think that that's you know that's where baseball is going I mean it I get it with baseball ballparks are all different dimensions. I think that's a factor too. Like if you're a, you know, if it's at Petco park and you know, it's pretty cavernous, it's going to be tough for everybody, but certain, you know, certain places play better to left left left-handed batters as 
opposed to right-handed. I guess they were saying that like right field is a little bit shorter, so it should have played better for left-handed batters last night. Right. But Vlad Guerrero, who he just he made it look he made it look like a little league stadium, and he well, looks very unathletic. No, he does. He does, but he can hit the ball. But his dad always said that. His dad always said that he was going to be able to hit. Hit it forever. He play. He he will be in the home run derby next year. He wants to win the home run derby. His dad won his, the home run derby. He wants his to win the home dad. Run. Very athletic looking. Son, not so much. Not so much. Well, <laughs> I I don't understand either. Maybe I'm just the last to hear what the story is on that. I don't know. But where where was Vlad Senior? Like I don't understand that. Why? Yeah, I'm why surprised wasn't he, he wasn't there? I don't center? know. They um, never they never said. Or at least I didn't hear him say. I thought I it saw just seemed, it just seemed Twitter odd to me as you know as popular as he was why he wouldn't just be there like you know down the third baseline hanging out or something. All right, well let's let's take a break. We'll come back with Bluff the Fluffs and we'll see if uh, Johnson can redeem himself a little bit. But uh, we'll we'll check that out when we get back right here on Tob Radio. All right, welcome back to Tob Radio. Don't forget, check out our our website. It's tobradio.com. It's kind of the hub of everything about us. You can get to our Facebook page. You can get to our Twitter account. Facebook! See what's going down. So uh, definitely check it out. That's tobradio.com. <laughs> um <laughs> Guys, it's time for uh, Bluff the Fluffs. Johnson, uh, not not looking so hot for you. Scoots, what's four, the overall tally now? Four to two. Scoots won oh, four man. times. You have won two times. Hashtag uh, genius. So, so Scoot, uh, Scoot is definitely, definitely. Genius. Uh, Go ahead and say it. it. Say it. Say it. I know. Lucky. I know you. Well, you can't say it because you're the host, lucky. But I'll say it for you. Yeah. So, guys, uh, tonight, you know, this is about the time of year for me. Um, that I really start to get my football itch on. You know, it's it's oh I start getting my fantasy football things start popping up, and it's like renew your league, and you know you start hearing a little more NFL oh news and college football news, and you know you've got all that coming down the road. So I thought, man, I wish there was some good football we could watch this time of year, and there's really not. But there is a football league that is going on right now. They're about five weeks into their season. That would be the Canadian oh, Football League. So tonight's Bluff the Fluffs. There's some questions about your favorite football summer league and mine, the CFL. Oh, my gosh. Oh Unless God. every answer is Doug Flutie, I'm in so much trouble. Uh, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes, guys. I mean, it's it's still football. I mean, you should know. You should know some oh, stuff know, about it, right? Football. It's not that hard. It's football. We're football guys, right? Yeah. Sure. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, sure. How you, I, Scoot? I thought you'd feel super confident about this. You know, see if I'm well. I'm I'm more Canadian than I am football. So yes, I'm good. Okay, you're more Canadian. You more Canadian? I, is this something we don't know about you? Yeah, what? No, I, got, I got a lot of Canadian connections. <laughs> of course <laughs> you do. I. You, you have Canadian relatives. Uh, I would you say get some Canadian blood in you. I would say a? almost. Yeah, I'd say o- I'd say a third of my family lives in Canada. Really, really, yeah. that explains a lot. That, Interesting. Maybe not a third, but maybe a fourth ever, and I've never known this about you. That's On odd. my mom's side, that's, both that's why both you grandparents wear all that flannel in winter. Now I get it. Both all grandparents right. have Canadian connections. <laughs> all right, guys, you ready? Here we go. Before uh, we started, there was a random flip of the coin, and 
Scoot, you won this week. You came up first. This is my first time in seven tries. Congrats for winning the coin toss. Thanks. Hope that makes you feel good. Um, So, first question goes to you, Scoot. I'm ready. Feel free to miss this, Scoot. How many times has Doug Flutie been named the CFL's Mm. most outstanding player? Three, four, six, or seven? Well, a uh, little known fact, he had a, a brief stint there in the CFL. Uh, it was four times he was named the MVP, outstanding uh, player. Incorrect. That is wrong. So, Johnson, how many times? Three, four, six, or seven? Scoot picked four. I think that's incorrect. So I think my I think my inclination is to go on the high side, and because of that, I'm gonna go with three. (sighs) You should have gone with six. Really, six times Doug Flutie was named the CFL's most outstanding. They really do love some Doug Flutie. Can I just throw this out there? Yeah. Did he not just say that if it's not about Doug Flutie, I don't know it? Well, <laughs> that was about Doug Flutie. You should have known Doug that. No, I meant the answer is Doug. What is? Oh, hi, Alex. I'd like things about Canadian football for six hundred. <laughs> Doug Flutie. That's what I meant. I don't oh. mean like details about Doug Flutie. Okay. All right, Johnson. Don't worry. Don't worry. You got this, uh, uh, Johnson. Every year, the CFL plays a championship game, and the name of that championship trophy is. I believe the name is the Gray Cup. Very good. The Grey Cup is the correct answer. Johnson takes a lead, five to nothing over Scoot, and we go to Scoot for the next question. Scooty, yes. which of these non-Canadian CFL teams have won the Grey Cup? Was it the Memphis Mad Dogs, the Las Vegas Posse, the San Antonio Texans, or the Baltimore Stallions? Which one of these one has actually won the Grey Cup? Well, first of all, I did not know any of those were in the Canadian Football League. That makes two of us. Because <laughs> none of them are Canadian. I thought it was called the Canadian Football League. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to say uh, Las Vegas because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and that information stayed in Vegas. <laughs> That was incorrect. No. So, Johnson, you have the Memphis Mad Dogs, the San Antonio Texans, and the Baltimore Stallions. Uh, Man, this is so tough because, like Scoot, I honestly had no idea that, A, there were any Canadian Football League teams outside of Canada, and B, that any of those cities had a Canadian football team. So, um Gosh, I'm going to go with the San Antonio Texans. It was the Baltimore Stallions won the Gray Cup in 1995 against BC in Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, oddly enough. Wow. And I feel like I should know that. I feel like I should know that. (laughs) And and 15 people attended the game. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, that's sorry you should have gotten that for the steal. So we're back to you, Johnson. Uh, here's your question: Which one of these NFL quarterbacks never played in the CFL? Was it Joe Theismann, Warren Moon, Joe Cap, or Dan Marino? Which one never, never played in the CFL? 
Wow, that's tough too. The only one I know that definitely did was Warren Moon, I believe. So, um, wow. Um, I don't think Dan Marino ever played in the CFL. Good job. Dan Marino never played in the CFL. Joe Theismann played for the Toronto. Warren Moon played for the Edmonton Eskimos. He actually won Outstanding Player of the Year and holds some uh, records for that team. And Joe Cap played for Calgary and BC. So. I didn't know Joe Theismann played in the CFL. That's interesting. All right. So, Johnson, 10 nothing over Scoot right now. And, Scoot, this question is back to you. How many players are on a field for a team during a snap in the CFL? Is it 11, 12, 10, or 14? How many players per team are on a field during a snap? It is uh, 12. 12 players. That's correct. Correct. 12 players, three downs. They get three downs to get 10 yards, and they have a 12th position called a slot back which is kind of like a tight end, but doesn't have to line up with the line. So that's that's correct. Hmm. All right. So Scoot gets five points there. Yeah, Scoot's baby. got Scoot's got five. Johnson's on the board. Got, now he's Johnson's nervous. He's nervous. On the board. On he the knows board. I'm coming for him. Johnson, the Baltimore Stallions moved to Montreal in 1996. Of Montre- course they did. Of course they did. You know, and wait uh, a year after winning the Grey Cup, they won the Grey Cup, and then they the next <laughs> year revenues were down. Revenues Man, were down. But those three people just couldn't sustain them. I guess they moved to Montreal first. And, the Colts, now the Stallions. Yeah, like, it's tough. And a uh, little known fact, by the way, they were supposed to be called the Baltimore Colts in the CFL, but uh, they could not get permission to do it from uh, the. Colts that had left them. The is Baltimore like a city known for its horses? No, but the Pimlico's there, so there is one of the big races. Anyways, um, anyways, going back to the question. This is Johnson's question. The team in Montreal are called the Alouettes. What is an Alouette? I don't even get like an ABC. No, I just no. Have to say you have what to it tell is. me what an alouette is. This is just to clearly open it up for comedic value. I feel like um, an alouette is. Oh my goodness! Um, it makes me think of like you know in New Orleans they have like the fleur de lis, like the you know like the symbol. Why are you both looking at me like you have blank feet? Of course you know what I'm talking about. Like the Saints yeah. logo. It makes yeah. me, it's a, so I'm going to say it's like a um, – uh, Gosh, I don't – I can't even – I'm trying to venture a guess. Um, an alouette. I'm going to say it is a uh, like a soldier, like a, like a warrior, a soldier. That's not, I, you came around to a good guess there. It took you a while to get there. Scoot that's, for that the steal and to take the lead. Okay. What is um, an alouette? Well, uh, truth be told, fellas, uh, I studied five years of French, so I do know what an alouette is. And there's a song that goes a little something like this: Alouette, je t'ai alouette. Alouette, je t'ai plumare. Anyway, alouette is a bird similar to a chicken. <laughs> That is correct. An alouette is a bird. 
<laughs> the song is totally absurd. That is totally so absurd. That is totally absurd. Goot takes the lead with the of steel. all the bluff the fluffs answers that have <laughs> ever been given in the seven week history of bluff the fluffs. That is the most over the top extra absurd answer we've ever had. Hashtag <laughs> genius. Oh, that's so good. All right. Nice. Uh, so, Scoot, question is to you for five points. In which month is the Grey Cup, Cup usually played? October, November, December, February? Hmm. I'm going to say it's the end of the summer because they played during the summer. So I'm going to say October. Ooh. Incorrect. Johnson, November, December, or February to take the lead. Yeah, I would have guessed the same thing that Scoot did, so then I'm going to go November. Good job. Yes, it's usually middle, end of November. They oh, play sorry, the Scoot. Cup. Do you want me to sing a cute little French song? To end? I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what the cute French song is for November. Uh, all right. All right, Johnson. And back to you. It's what, November. What was the first year of the Grey Cup? Was it 1973, 1909? 1949 or 1964. Uh, this feels like a 70s thing, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go that. I'm gonna. What was that? 73 is what you said. Yep. And yeah, I'll give you that there. That's a buzzer for you. So no, it was not 1973. So uh, scoop back to you. What year was the first Grey Cup? 1909, 1949, or 1964? Well, uh, football, fellas, has been played for a long time here in the United States and abroad. So I am going to go with 1909. Good guess. So yes, in 1909, Toronto beat Toronto 26-6 for the first Grey Cup. So Johnson, that gives Scoot a lead now of 25-20. to 20. And, uh, The Ricky Henderson of this thing, I told you. Man, you guys are, you guys are plowing through this though. Yeah, I know. Um, all right, so scoop back to you. Oh yeah. What is the total length, including the end zones, of a CFL field? Is it a hundred yards, a hundred and twenty yards, a hundred and fifty yards, or a hundred and thirty yards? Well, um, Canada is similar. They have a lot of uh, European connections, a lot of English connections. A soccer field is 120 yards. I'm going 120 yards. It's incorrect. It is not. It is not 120 yards. So, Johnson, the ones that are left are 100, 150, or 130 yards. Well, Scoot, I think you're on the right track, but you got to add the end zones in, right? So, I think they have 15-yard end zones on each side. So, I'm going to say 150. Yes. You're, you're – you're sort of you're, you're correct in your answer. 150 is the correct answer. It's 110 total yards goal line to goal line with 20 yard deep end zones. Oh, 20! Wow. Yeah. Talk about so. a fade. Talk about a fade in the corner of the end zone. Yeah, right. You got to watch Jeez. out for the goalposts, though. <laughs> yeah, which is in the middle of the goal line. So. Of course it is. All Man, right, Johnson. That, is, that feels so Canadian, doesn't Johnson, it? Johnson, you take back the lead with that answer, 30 oh, to 25. God. This is a battle for the ages. You guys keep going <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> the battle for Canada <laughs> right here. Canada. All right, here you go. This is the final question before the final bluff. So, Johnson, this question is to you. What is 
the Coach of the Year's trophy called in the CFL? Is it the DeMarco Beckett Memorial Trophy? The Annis Scuckus Trophy? The Norm Fieldgate Trophy? Or the Lou Heyman Trophy? Which one of those is the Coach of the Year trophy in the CFL? Oh my gosh, I feel like you just named like four pro bowlers. Like I have no, I none of that even gives me a hint. DeMarco Beckett, Anna Skuckis, Norm Fieldgate, or Lou Heyman? I feel like Norm Fieldgate would be like a good oh. no it is not norm field coach well, fieldgate send me in norm, i'm ready i mean he was a good player don't norm get me wrong norm fieldgate is the outstanding defensive player of the year trophy for right. the cfl he was a good player of course it is. but player. when we're talking offense you got to be thinking lou Heyman. i'm <laughs> sorry nope lou Heyman is the outstanding canadian player of the year in the cfl the anis stuckus trophy is the coach of the year He's, it's named, obviously, for the famous British Columbia coach, Anna Stuckus. Anna Stuckus sounds like an ailment. Like, I got my Anna Stuckus. <laughs> I get my Anna Stuckus. It sounded like a woman's name. You I thought should really go to the doctor. <laughs> you need to, to get, get that, that Anna get that, Stuckus checked out. Get that Anna Stuckus checked out. <laughs> I get your Anna Sun Stuckus is what you need to do. <laughs> uh, uh, don't give Scoot any ice cream because he might get an Anna Stuckus. <laughs> I definitely uh, would have had an anus unstuckus. <laughs> an anus? Is it anus? You sure yeah, that's not that's anus unstuckus? That's what he said. Anus. All right. So we've got a score of Johnson has 30 points. <laughs> His name is really anus. Anus <laughs> stuckus. Johnson has, it's, a, it's a long A sound. Uh, uh, Johnson has 30 points. Scoot, you have 25 points. So pretty much if anybody gets this question right, you uh, you win bluff the fluffs this week if you guys neither of you get it right then uh, i think the final bluff should be called the anus stuckus <laughs> question the the trophy you get is the anus stuckus, anus stuckus. Trophy. get the anus stuckus oh man <laughs> all right so final bluff multiple choice uh so let's hear your oh, buzzers. I like multiple choice let's honk, hear your, your buzzers, honk, boys. honk 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 I like that little honk at the end. I like that. It's good. Johnson? Meet me. All right. So listen, please let me read all the way through the question. Yeah, Scoot. Before you honk. All right. In the CFL, how many offensive players are allowed to be in motion when the ball is snapped? Is it A, none, one, three, or five? Honk, meet me. honk, honk, honk. Honk, honk, honk. I think I should uh, give it to Johnson because his buzzer was finished before Scoots was. I think that's what we'll do. <laughs> no, no, I think Scoot honked in first. So we'll get Scoot. Scoot. F- no, it's Scoot for the, for the, it, for the it win. It is three. It is three. Ah! That is incorrect. <laughs> Johnson, you are guaranteed a win here. Scoot cannot beat you now because he had to get that question correct. So he should have let you go first if he was using his strategery. 
but he was not. <clears throat> so Johnson, do you even want to venture a guess? It's it's a win, no win or lose for you. Was it none, one, or five? I thought it was one. That, that's also incorrect. One is what the NFL is, and the CFL five players five players can five. be in motion at the time that the ball that's like is chaos. snapped. They that's how you get, that's a good way to get your Anna Stuckus. <laughs> they all have to be in, in the backfield, um, and uh, it must. And, and they do not need to be parallel to the line of scrimmage. So well, congratulations, Johnson. You won. You're back in the board. You're pulling back close to Scoot. Johnson's got three wins now. Scoot's got four wins. Johnson wins 32-25. Right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Congratulations. I just want to I just want to thank the people of Canada. Yeah. For having a very obscure football game <laughs> that apparently has teams in the US that I didn't know about. So, well they no longer. So those teams are all now defunct. So right now there are no US teams in the Canadian Football League. They have all So not only did we not know they were here, but <laughs> we did not know they, they are they, not they, here. Came, they came and went and we they, had no idea they have come and gone so alright guys well great job and uh, we'll see you next week on Bluff the Fluffs guys don't go anywhere we'll be right back with more Tob Radio Welcome back to Tob Radio. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter. I'm at Tob Guido, Scoot's at Tob Scoot, and Johnson is at Tob Johnson. But those are zeros, not O's. So get it right, people. Um, guys, World Cup action, women's World Cup action. I feel like we have to talk a little bit about it. Um, I actually watched the championship game this past Sunday and saw the women uh, win. It was it was exciting. I mean, you know, it's there's been a lot of, you know, press and a lot of uh, a lot of talk about equal pay and, you know, and how they play more games and win championships, but they don't get paid as much as the U.S. men's national team. Um, but they uh, they won what? That's their fourth uh, World Cup title. Is that correct? That, Third? that is true. I think yeah. that is true. Um, yeah, it's, so it's kind of a sticky subject in a, in a couple of ways. So the men's soccer, the men's world cup, I would say by and large probably has more eyes on the television sets around the world than the women's does. Um, some of that is going to be cultural, right? I think you're going to have some countries that, culturally don't support women's athletics as much as you know uh western europe america north america south america um right so there's some of that i i personally did not watch i did not watch the final game i watched the third place game for whatever reason it was on at a better time for me to watch than than the the Championship was at eleven thirty in the morning on a Sunday. Well, Sunday. Yeah. yeah, and I was going to say the same thing. So even um, even the championship game was at an, an odd time. I just think that yeah. that didn't that didn't think, help them out either, in my opinion, because right. it was at such an odd time to be on on TV and broadcast. 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't disagree. I think, you know, I, I think if you look at it uh, at the world market, you know, obviously men's uh, professional soccer is way bigger than women's professional soccer, women's, you know, uh, national soccer teams um, on a world on a world scale. I think in the United States, maybe it is, but I think that soccer is such a, you know, sport that people don't watch that much compared to the other major sports in this country that, you know, to for them to want equal I don't think there's a I don't think that Fox is selling any more advertisements for men's soccer games in the well, women's soccer games. And I like I'm all for I have daughters, so I want them to have opportunities to play professional sports if that were something that were to be uh, an option or an opportunity for them but i would say if if you're really looking at the money side of things the money is in basketball i think like the wnba players have right. a better draw um you know there's not a lot of people going to watch these like even when when there is a viable professional women's soccer league they're drawing hundreds of fans. They're not drawing thousands of fans. At least WNBA is probably hovering. Now, some of the teams don't draw as well as others, but I would venture to guess that you're looking at thousands of fans for women's basketball. But neither does neither does men's Major League Soccer, though. Right, I, right. I mean, there's, too much, there's too many other sports in the U.S. to compete and with. And they it's don't get like, paid very well, if no. we're being honest. Unless you're a major name, those guys... I think they like some of the the better MLS players make probably fifty sixty thousand dollars a year. It's not like but I'm just no. I, I don't disagree. I guess I'm just saying that ha- in my mind that has more to do with soccer in the U.S. than it does men or women's soccer specifically. I I just think there's way too many other sports to like you talking about the WNBA. It's way more mature. The you know the support system coming up through the ranks for kids at youth sports levels and high schools and things I think is better. Although soccer is good, I think at the amateur level, but I don't know for whatever reason it's well, like basketball, basketball, even softball is way more mature than, than soccer. One of the big, one of the big factors that I think women's soccer will struggle to ever really get a solid footing until a major sports league like not not the MLS, but like the Champions League, or or not Champions League, but like uh, Premier League or Bundesliga or Syria. Like yeah. until one of those major professional leagues for men's sports kind of adopts a women's league, kind of like the WNBA. Each each of the WNBA teams kind of has like a a male counterpart in its city, and a lot of times there's a connection there with the mm-hmm. NBA team. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what helps float the WNBA a little bit is that partnership and that that kind of I don't know. There's a little bit of uh, what's the word I want? Some some synergy. Like that's not the word synergy. I want. I, I think cohesion, I want like cohesion, symbiosity. I think is the what I wanted, but I think that's <laughs> the, not a the, word. The, look at it this way, and like, and listen, we're three old dudes talking about women's sport, which we know very little about. I mean, you guys have daughters. I have boys, but, um, but think about this. Think about all the professional sports. There's only one. I can only think off the top of my head, one professional sports where I think the women athlete are 
big, as big, if not bigger than men in that sport. And that's tennis. Yes. I feel like women's professional tennis is huge and men's as is as big, if not bigger than men's professional tennis and has been for a long time, like has been since the days of Steffi Graf and, sure. and Billie Jean King. Um, no other professional sport has been able to do that. I mean, golf has tried but not gotten there. Golf's uh, probably the closest, the next closest, yeah. I would say. And those are all individual sports. Like when Annika Sorenstam was there. Yeah, yeah. She was kind and of a big deal. Everybody thought Michelle Wee was going to be like the next Tiger Woods and that was going to be a big thing. But like for for team sports for women, it's just there hasn't been anything that has made it take off and i don't i wish i knew or wish that somebody knew what that could be you know what sport that was or how to make that happen you know well but i think too i i think actually it has taken off it's just the gap was so big that it's just still getting there in my mind so there were two things that people talked about this week that just by the time the week was over and they won the world cup i was like thank goodness that's over because i i hate to say this but i i was First, I went into the Women's World Cup like this is awesome. This is going to be cool chance for them to dominate and like kind of, you know, show that, man, they've, they've got this on lockdown again. And then the stuff, you know, that was dominated by the um, the equal pay issue that you guys just talked about. Then mm-hmm. we had um, Rapino's comments about how much does she hate the president today? You know, I feel like I read that every day. And then lastly, I, I actually read one last article that was from a, um, from like a world soccer point of view. I think it was someone out of the UK that then went on a whole article chastising how the U S women have an unfair advantage because title nine has worked to their benefit for so long. And I thought, now we have to feel bad about supporting women. Like yeah, we, no, we just, we can't good, have fun. Good. Like yeah. we were, we can't have fun with any of this. We just have to be mad about everything. And I thought, my goodness, like, well, uh, it would be cool to just play the games and like have people celebrate how awesome they're doing well, and not have everyone just. I think, and, and, about. I, and I agree though, Johnson, because I did, it, it became quickly not about how, good of a team they were and how they could beat everybody because they were the best team out there. It became very quickly about how the equal pay thing was and about the Trump stuff and about that title nine stuff. It became very quickly, not about how good they were, but all these other things. Well, and it's one of those things them, too. You know. I, it, it's one of those things too, that always makes me frustrated when I find myself defending stuff. I don't even really care to like, I, I'm not, I'm not a Trump supporter, for example, but I just got tired of all the talk about that. And I certainly support them with equal pay, of of course, but it just was like, oh, man. So we're not even going to talk about that. They won a game today, but we're not even going to talk about that. And then do you guys think that it ever changes? Do you think that like 10 years from now we're talking about, you know, we're doing a segment on the awesome championship game for professional women's softball? I mean, does that ever happen? Well, I'll say this. I do think that women's softball has gained some steam. And part of that is now that I've got a daughter that plays, I'm more attuned to it myself. But if you watch in the springtime, especially college level, and I think I think that's what's so great about college sports is, yes, the sport is intriguing, like college softball or football or basketball or anything. But it's because not only are you rooting for that or you enjoy that sport, but now you've got this vested interest. Like, 
hey, I went to that school, or this is my rival, or right. I know somebody that went there, or I've got a relative that went there. So now that draws more eyes to that sport. Like college softball, it's almost more, for me, it's almost more enjoyable than watching college baseball. I, I agree. I was going to say the same thing. Like college and softball. And it has is- a huge, yeah, it has a huge following. And I would just answer, so Guido, my answer would be, I, I think definitely, because I think just like your example with women's tennis, um, sometimes that dominant. You watch a sports center with a, a big women's tournament that dominates the well, segment, like Coco, and just just like Coco, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And just like like Scoot saying, so for our uh, WVU Mountaineers, I think it was two seasons ago when they won the women's Big Twelve basketball tournament. I watched almost every game. I was, I mean, I'm I usually get into anything college with you know with with the alma mater anyway but for that specifically like it was exciting i watched every game it was cool i was a genuine fan so i, I don't see why not i guess is my is my answer yeah. I, I, I mean would i would think it could and i think for me it's hard because i'm not a huge i'm not a big basketball guy and like i'll watch college basketball um and i'm definitely not interested in the nba or the wnba now um, listen so it would be nice before to you see- get too far there i think i think there was a text in the text thread that showed that maybe you are a bigger basketball fan than, than what you're letting on. <laughs> no, no. Guido had I can, sent I can the throw fellas. It, I could throw it down at 7.5. I he throw had it sent the fellas a couple of slow-mo videos of looking like what Shaq. looked like uh, a little bit of thunder. The yeah. thunder from down under. I got, I got, uh, Scoot said, when you do it in slow-mo, I got a little float. I got a little float in slow-mo. Man, it's unbelievable. <laughs> no, nah, so anyways, uh, you know, congratulations to the Women's World Cup, or the Women's National Team for winning the World Cup. Uh, it was fun to watch. I definitely, I watched that last one. It was, uh, it was great. The, the PK that, that she kicked in was awesome. That was a real fun, uh, way to, to get that goal. But, um, I hope, I hope that there's more, I hope we start seeing more team, professional women's sports over the next decade or two and yeah i think we will it's it i would like to see it get some steam so we can watch the women's you know softball home run derby and talk about that so well listen let's take a break we'll come back with uh everybody's favorite segment hashtag open segment right here on tob radio Welcome back to Tob Radio, folks. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, hashtag open segment, brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Tactical Legion, the best knife you can buy, folks. So go on to Amazon.com, type in Tactical Legion, buy yourself a knife. They are cut above the rest, I tell you. We're going to do something different this week. It's It's like old school open segment tonight we're gonna to call it old school open segment i can't even tell you the last time somebody other than scoot brought an open segment to the that's because i got i got a lot of the weird you get a lot of the weird johnson though tonight has our open segment yeah i hope i can live up to the billing scoot sets the bar high but i think i've got something that hits our wheelhouse so earlier this week i couldn't help but notice this uh, gizmodo article that i came across and it as we are wont to do it is in the um state of florida Yay, Florida. So you guys can, you know, we'll we'll keep with the theme. We always yep. find the weird stuff in the state of Florida. So um when you think of flying, 
commercially in an airplane, do you ever worry about a bird strike? Uh, I I could I could tell you there have been times I've been concerned. There have been times I've thought about it, but you know, I hear you. The little the bit of turbulence, ever, and then the only time well, I no, would ever worry is that there were a couple times where I was on a propeller plane. Okay. I'd be worried there. Okay. Well, have you ever worried about them causing a plane to drop bombs? Uh, no. Uh, no. So this article uh, earlier this week, this was from the fourth, um, says that Monday, a bird strike caused an A-10C Thunderbolt II to accidentally release three bombs over Florida. Thankfully, they were just dummies designed for training. Here's the. okay. So can I say something? I'm assuming this this is this is like a military plane. Right. So this is um, this. This flight took off from. Sorry, let me find it. Moody Air Force Base okay. on a, a routine training mission. Um, but in the in the course of the flight, they had a bird strike, um, and it caused the plane to release its payload. Um, a trio of 25-pound BDU-33 training bombs, which are designed to simulate 500-pound M1A-82 bombs, which would have resulted in a much different <laughs> ending to this but thankfully where did, they were just training bombs where did they land did they land on like people's houses so, that's why i've been bringing this up so, so the article goes on to say that the air force isn't really sure where they <laughs> landed oh my god like uh, 25 pounds dropped from anywhere is gonna hurt yeah. bad well, roughly thirty thousand feet probably, yeah right probably be oh bad. man that's gonna hurt real bad well, I think we could so what, s- safely say that it probably didn't hit a house or anything of any well, major consequence because there I hasn't mean, been in the news. But yeah, my goodness, I hope not. But it's <laughs> this is what cracked me out. So this is what I wanted your opinion on. So when they asked the Air Force spokespeople about the location, they said uh, in the general vicinity of Highway 129 <laughs> near Sewanee Springs. That's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> that so, sounds like, like when gave... you ask the guy at the gas station down from your house where the nearest you know <laughs> like home depot hey, is ah you go down, you go down the highway 129 and it's down there a piece hang a left at uh jimmy's place and uh <laughs> you should see the three or four bombs just yeah, like laying in the, the road three right training there. bombs there you just take a left so i think can like so let's say i am uh i don't not that i think this way but let's say uh, I could use a little cash. Can I, you know, damage something that I own and then say that this bomb hit my house or car? Well, I mean, I suppose you could. It, go- it goes on to say that they're inert, you know, thank- thankfully. Um, but they do contain a small pyrotechnic charge that could still be dangerous why, so why it's not going to be, be like a pyrotechnic an ex- charge well i don't know i, I guess think they're because, trying to simulate uh, yeah, in, something in training when they hit something they have like a little like firework that goes off yeah. to show them where they yeah right right and they probably weren't armed so they probably didn't uh they probably didn't do that when they when they landed um here, here's my question about it so obviously the plane did not crash or wreck the plane made right. it back safe 
I, I'm wondering, do you think that this was really the bird hit the plane and caused the bombs to release? Or was it maybe pilot error? Like the pilot's flying the plane and all of a sudden the bird hits the windshield and he's like, oh, geez. And he hits the button and all of a sudden he's dropping bombs. Or, I mean, if we're really being cynical, was there a bird at all? And or did someone just, just hit the Atari joystick accidentally yeah, right. and then somebody, go, oh, crap, I just dropped three I mean, training bombs? It would have to be a just, fairly sizable Which is probably bird, probable. Right? It's very probably. Prob- yeah. Like, are we thinking like a pelican is a big enough bird to make you want to drop a bomb? Well, how did, did it say at what altitude the plane was when it dropped, when it released its payload? No, and it specifically says that it's not understood how the bird strike caused it to drop the payload of bombs. That's what is makes the cynical person in me say, "Hmm." Because let's let's talk about like so let's talk about bird and bird strikes here just for a second. So like commonly when you hear about bird strikes, they're usually on takeoffs and landings a lot, right, or low right. flying aircrafts because you know birds they only fly you know a few hundred feet if that off of the uh off the land you know they like to they like to come back and get their food land in their nests and top of trees and whatnot so like a bird's not flying at thirty thousand feet you know a bird's not flying at twenty five thousand feet so was he yeah i mean it doesn't it doesn't give us altitude i suppose if it's a training mission maybe they were flying lower altitudes so maybe we can give them that benefit of the doubt i guess i'm just a little bit more concerned that when i think of um, an Air Force military dogfight engaging the enemy. I don't think of stuff being sort of like loose enough to just have a Blue Jay <laughs> cause a you know a bomb to drop off the wing or whatever. So, that's oh my God, what it's my attention. <laughs> so anyway, at the end of the article, the Air Force is essentially asking the public to locate these things and let them know where they are. So I just thought that was interesting. Is there a reward? Is there a reward No, it doesn't. It it doesn't say. It just says, if located, please contact the 23rd Wing Command Post. (laughs) So you know, know, like, if there's a reward, there's a bunch of crazy Florida people right now, like, looking for this. I need my 50 bucks from the... What do you think is more valuable? Turning it in for a reward or selling it on eBay? Ooh. Ooh. Well... Selling it on eBay probably would be more valuable for cash in your pocket. Well, how are you going to ship it? But probably have you end up in jail, I would yes. say. You probably how exactly do you ship this munition? Is there a I picture feel like it's of what not they gonna, look like? I feel like it's not going to fit in the, uh, you know, if it fits, it ships box. You're going to have <laughs> some kind of I mean, of UPS, odd... 25, but you said 25 pounds. I mean, that's not too heavy for UPS. They'll ship it for some 25 I mean, that's, pounds. that's a lot of styrofoam peanuts. <laughs> Probably a fair amount of packing tape. What, what kind of person buys that on the internet, Scoot? I, I mean, there's people. Like doomsday preppers. <laughs> there's people. There's people. Doomsday preppers buying a fake bomb. Hey, honey, come here. You're never going to believe what I found on <laughs> hey, eBay. look it's what perfect. I got on eBay, guys. I mean. I've been looking for a training bomb. Do you get like a, let's say you go and find a military, like a retired military guy to authenticate it? Uh, no, I, maybe, I've, or I think you just keep it and have an awesome story, if nothing else. Like, you make up a backstory for it. Take it on Pawn Stars? That's now, Guido, your uh, in-laws live in Florida? My in-laws live in Florida half the year. They live up here the other half of the year. Are they Are they down there now? No, they're up here. It's summertime, so they're in the north in the summer. Do they yeah. have anyone that watches over their house? Is this near their, their place? I don't think so. This is probably up in the panhandle, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to I'm going to goog it real quick, but I don't 
I didn't look. Mo- that most up. of those most of those military air force bases are up in the uh, Pensacola Panhandle area. Yeah, like but I don't think Moody is actually in the state of Florida. I thought it was Alabama. Georgia. Uh, oh, you know what? It's just it's in Georgia, like, but it's north, like so, northeast of Tallahassee. So yeah, yeah. so they're not, I'm not looking for it there. Okay. Well, I thought no. maybe you could get into something. No, you know, maybe I could get it. Hey guys, let's go to Florida. No, no, they're more like I'd in be the willing to make that trip part of Florida where the to go you know, where the to retirees Swanee. go Swanee Lakes. <laughs> Which makes me, uh, Scoot, are you going to well, retire? Well, Florida? I just thought, thankfully, it appa- you know, from, like you said, Guido, we haven't heard about it otherwise, so yeah. thankfully it didn't hit, you know, something and hurt someone. Um, well, think about anytime you see, like, a, a military airplane, what's your first inclination? Like, you stare at it, right? You look <laughs> no, at it, right? You look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, I'm sure there's little kids saying, Look at these things flying out of the <laughs> flying out of the plane. <laughs> Mommy, it looks like they're like, dropping bombs on us. <laughs> oh no. That, you know, Could like, you imagine if it had happened like truly over a populated area like if they were flying oh, my over, you know, Jacksonville and be you know, it would be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Oh my goodness. It would have also not been in open segment. It would have probably been a top story on yes. CNN. Yeah. <laughs> so as it as it stands, if you're in the area, folks, and you're you know if we have listeners in in the area, go help the 23rd Wing Command out and find these guys and report their location, <laughs> right. and hope that they hope that no birds fly into them anymore. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, listen, guys, another great week, another great show. Um, we're uh, going to probably stoke it back up a little bit here. You'll probably hear more episodes more regularly here over the next couple of weeks. So we'll try to keep them coming to you fresh and clean. Uh, Scoot, before we go, can you tell us a little bit about our sponsor, Tactical Legion? Sure can. Tactical Legion Knives. It's a family-owned and operated company with a focus on heavy-duty knives. We love knives and have been in the knife industry for more than 15 years. When you buy a knife from us, you're buying a knife to last. We're a cut above the rest. Tactical Legion. All right, thanks, Scoot. And uh, guys, we'll see you next time. Uh, Thanks for stopping in. Thanks for listening. And I hope everybody has a great week. And uh, we'll catch you next time right here on Tob Radio.